Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This program is brought to you by the Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement experts. Call 780-4-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio. Radio. 6.30 chair. Off an Oiler dump in up the middle of the ice. Quickly advanced, right side for Dion Phaneuf. Tried to wind it up, had his shot blocked, and here comes McDavid down the middle of the ice. In on quick, wrist shot, score! McDavid's got two! Two more goals, two more points for Connor McDavid. He takes over the NHL scoring lead, and the Oilers tough out a 3-2 win over the Los Angeles Kings. McDavid with 96 points, one up on Nikita Kucherov. How's this? In his last 26 games, McDavid with 23 goals and 42 points, and the Oilers, even though they are out of it, playing better over an extended period here, 11-6-1 in their last 18. Pontus Aberg had the other goal for the Oilers tonight. It came on their first shot way back 45 seconds into the game. The goal scores for the Kings, Muzzin and Carter. Cam Talbot holding the fort with 27 saves. Jonathan Quick, 24 saves for the Los Angeles Kings. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. The Oilers have won three in a row. It's 10:52. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center along with former NHLer Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Well, McDavid is captivating to watch, Rob, and he was again tonight. And even in that second period, and, and we'll we'll get deeper into that because L.A. did control mm-hmm. the second period yep. and probably deserved to, to get out of that maybe tied in the game instead of down one. But even when L.A. was in control of the game, it was except when McDavid's line was on the ice for the last 15 minutes of that second period. Yeah, L.A. had their push, and L.A. is a good hockey club that's fighting for their playoff lives, and, and, and they had a big push in the second period, and they had another push late in the third, uh, but the push seemed to always get paused. It's like there's a, someone in the stands pushing the pause button. Okay, L.A., you're going to pause right now because here comes McDavid, and their line is going to go, and they'll get a 45-second where it's going to be all McDavid line. Okay, now push play. Okay, LA, you can go on again. And it's been like that for a while. No, the thing that you like, you asked me before the game, who would I put out against Kopitar? And I said, go with McDavid because he's the best right now and he's go- keep Kopitar in his own zone. Well, tonight the Kopitar line was minus two and he's been all world for, for LA for, for most of the season as well. In, in Florida last week, uh, they put the Barkov line against McDavid. Barkov was as hot as any player in the National Hockey League, he and his line mates. And that night, I can't remember, they're minus two or minus three as well in that game as the McDavid line just took control there. So uh, the Oilers... When they throw Connor McDavid out, the other team, whoever they have out against them, is is backpedaling. They they are they're playing very defensive. They don't get to play their regular type of game because there's the fear factor. When the puck, even in the offensive zone, if the puck, if it's a 50-50 puck, or if it's even a 70-30 puck for a defenseman, pinch or not pinch, 
most of the guys, there's a hesitation because they know that if if I don't get the puck, it's it's going back, and no one's catching Connor McDavid. So when you when you put Connor McDavid out against the other team's top players, there there's a, a nervous factor that those players don't normally get. And, and especially the way that Connor is playing right now and has played for the last couple of months, everyone around the league knows. Nobody, the National Hockey League hockey players are as big of fans of the game of hockey as anybody that came into the rink tonight. They are turning on the highlights. They are watching the games when they're not playing themselves. They see what Connor McDavid has done over this last little while. So coming in tonight, their whole, their whole game plan was to stop Connor McDavid. And with Kopitar, with Dustin Brown, with Drew Doughty, they were still unable to. So, yes, as you said, there were times where the L.A. Kings took control, but those times ended every time Connors line stepped on the ice. So the Oilers win at 3-2. Two goals for McDavid. Aberg scored. Slepeshev, Raddy, Larson, and Sekera all get assists tonight. How about Ty Raddy? 19-21. Didn't get a shot on goal tonight. Unfortunately for him, wrong side of the <laughs> post on the empty netter that could have iced it with 40 seconds left. But... He continues to play well, and Rob, several times I thought he kept pucks alive, either by putting a puck to the right area of the ice where one of his line mates could go get it, or just simply being a nuisance and and never giving up on a check. You know, you're right, and Bob and I were just chatting about the fact that he understands the game. He knows uh, little things go a long ways into keeping uh, plays alive. Uh, Sometimes just putting your body in the right body positioning to allow your teammate an extra second to make a play. Putting the puck in on a rim to the right area so that you can get in on the forecheck. Driving through the middle, you know, on a three-on-three that creates a passing lane. He does all those things because he's been an offensive hockey player before. So uh, you, you like the fact that he's taken this role that he has and he's not changed to become something different or change to become something that he would think that maybe maybe Connor McDavid needs me to get open over here all the time. He's doing the little things and allowing his line mates to have the the ice time and the space to make the right plays and uh, and I I know that he wasn't a big factor on the the score sheet tonight but he was a big factor on the time of possession that his line was able to have as it pushed forward each and every time they came on the ice. Oilers beat the Kings 3-2 tonight. Two goals for McDavid. He takes over the scoring lead. Rob, what there was a huge contrast on the shot clock and territorially, though the Kings did have some chances and they, they kept one into the buzzer and shades of the games in LA and Anaheim a few weeks ago. But the Kings outshot the Oilers 16-7 in the second period, and we touched on it. The last 14 minutes of the second period were, were not close. Nope. LA dominated those. What what happened in the... Now, the Oilers had a couple power plays early in the third, but what else happened that didn't allow the Kings to get the quantity and the quality of the chances they would have liked in the third? Well, a couple. First, you go back to the second period, and when the Kings had their push, they didn't get rewarded. And we've seen over and over, when one team pushes and pushes and pushes and there's no reward, well, there's a letdown in the dressing room. And there's, in the dressing room, the team that wasn't rewarded. And in the Oilers' dressing room, there's relief. You know what? We survived. So we'll, we got a rest here. Uh, we'll go out. The momentum's gone. We got a power play. So they always get a couple power plays. You know, they didn't score on it, and I didn't, I didn't think their power play was great. But while their power play was out there, some of the best players on the LA Kings either were sitting on the bench doing nothing 
or out on the ice killing penalties, getting tired, like a Kopitar who was out there and plays in every situation. So the LA Kings couldn't carry on what they did in the second period because the first couple shifts or the first five, seven minutes of the, se- of the third, they were on defense. And it's hard to get it going back the right way. Add to the fact that I thought the Oilers did a very good job uh, backtracking. I thought that the Oilers did a good job getting the puck quickly out of their zone in the third period, defending. Um, all the things that you're supposed to do to win hockey games when you're a good hockey club, the Oilers are starting to do a little bit more of now. And to me, the biggest thing is the Oilers now look a little more confident. I think in games gone by in the third period, if a team pushes, the Oilers are hoping to win. They look a little more confident now. And one of the big reasons, I think, is is the reemergence of Adam Larson and how well he's played as of late. So if a shift or two goes sideways, they've got that guy they can put out there to calm everything down. And I think Larson has been excellent since he's come back into the lineup and, and is playing again. And tonight, he was a big factor in the reason that they, they weren't able to come back. Like at the very end, Anzi Kopitar makes an unbelievable pass to Dustin Brown. And there it is, Larson. And Dustin can't get the puck. And then Larson, he just sits on the puck. Just, I mean, it, it, look, it sounds so simple, but some guys would come in there and they'd try to whack and, and, and someone's stick would eventually turn the puck, put the puck in the net. He just comes back and sits on the puck. So, all right, you know, you're going to have to put me and the puck into the net. So I think his leadership on the back end is another reason that they're so much better in third periods. Larson, even tonight, Bob mentioned before the game, plus 19 in his last 19 games. So now plus 19 in his last 20. And Larson's steadiness on the back end, our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Plenty of time for your calls tonight at 780-496-0063. Oilers edge the Kings 3-2. But right now, let's go downstairs for GCL Diesel. For genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL in the West End or online at gcldiesel.com. Here's Todd McClellan. Tell a little area at the end, but uh, you guys held on. Get the two points against a team that really needs them. What does that tell you maybe about what the guys are doing down the stretch here for you? Well, we played uh, hard, well, committed for a few weeks now, which is a good sign. And today was a carryover. It wasn't a perfect game, but uh, these games are hard to play when teams are scrambling for uh, for playoff points. And for as hard as that L.A. team checks, I thought we uh, put a pretty good effort in. There's not much more you can say about McDavid, but what about Pontus Aberg? You know, seems to have responded in the best way possible after making an error. I would say he has, yes, and uh, that's the response we were looking for. Um, you know, young human beings, whether they're hockey players or uh, students or whatever, people make mistakes, and it's what you do after to rectify them. And uh, I know he won't make the same mistake twice, and his play is. Uh, Maybe it's woke him up a little bit too. His play has been uh, been adequate, and it was nice to see him get on the board real quick. Um, it'll give us a little spark to start the game. Like he seems to have more confidence making plays than he had even before in his first six games since coming over. You, you don't? Does he just seem more confident with the puck? Well, he's more comfortable with his environment now. His teammates, um, you know, he basically didn't know anybody coming here. He's a young. Uh, individual, first time traded, um, was a spare piece probably in Nashville. In, f- in fairness to uh, to him, and uh, now he's thrown to the wolves, and and he feels uh, a little more comfortable with his line mates, how we play, the system, uh, the rhythm the team runs in. So um, we're starting to see him excel, and uh, we're starting to see the player that we thought we traded for. How important was the start being hit back on the road trip, first game back? 
Well, very important. We've uh, we've been on the other end of uh, of those quick goals a number of times, and we know how it feels. So, uh, very good to start that way. Uh, there's that old myth that coming off a road trip, you usually are a little rusty or sleepy, uh, and there's always the concern of that. But uh, to get the goal early and to get it, um, you know, on the forecheck, which is something we've worked on, uh, was a good thing for our team, and it gave us a little jump. Connor says uh, we pay more attention to the scoring race than he does. Snowless. He's now leading the league. Is he? Um, well, I, you know, I hope he gets it. I hope that uh, he continues to produce the way he has. He's, just, you know, I, like you said, Jason, it's it's hard to keep answering questions. His, the answers are on the ice. The goals have been coming more than. Yeah. Goals. You know, the for me, the the answer to all these questions is just go watch the video or come to the game, and and he answers them himself with the way he plays and how well he performs and um, you know he's got a shot at the scoring title um, his teammates will help him try and get there while we try and win games and uh, the one great thing about him and, and him being the captain is he always puts the team ahead of himself and he'll tell you that he'll play that way and um, you know that's the way it'll be for the next six or seven games. The one thing that, that has James sorry Jim is that He's scoring goals way more. He has 23 and 26 games. Like he only had 30 goals all of last season. Is he just more committed to shooting? Is he just saying, okay, you know what? I got a great shot. I'm going to use it more. What have you seen that's allowed him to become more of a goal scorer? Well, he's shooting more. I I, I see him around the net a little bit more this year. Uh, it's something that he wanted to do. He's uh, his sense of timing, arriving on rebounds, and and having the ability to tap things in. Um, his first goal tonight. There's many players that would have. You know, poked at it once or, or jammed at it once and then floated in behind and kind of kept the momentum going. He kept his nose over top of it and, and eventually went in for him. So uh, he's made that commitment to stay in that wheelhouse, if you want to call it that, or the, the slot longer uh, maybe than he has in the past. A little hairy at the end there again with Dusty Brown. Yeah, we, we had a clearing attempt and and um, our weight and our noses were going up ice when we probably should have had an extra guy staying back, but uh, Lars got back in time to break it up and, and Talbs was there, so that happens. But, uh, the one thing, you know, your penalty kills come around a lot, but your power play just continues to struggle. And, you know, Connor says it's almost like it's losing momentum right now. For what, what's not working on the man? Well, it varies. Like our penalty kill was at the beginning of the year, you can pick different things every night. Tonight, our uh, our breakout entries were were uh, not very good. Obviously, we set up them set them up for a, a breakaway. Uh, you know, and then guys got a, a little PO'd and and um, had a little more drive on the power play in the second one. We had a few chances there, but uh, a lot of it's confidence. You you put. A, uh, put one or two in and all of a sudden you feel better about it, you believe in it. Um, you know, when the best player in the world's telling you sometimes it's changing the momentum of the game the wrong way, that's telling you something. So we'll keep working at it. That is Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. The Oilers hold off the Los Angeles Kings tonight. 3-2 the final. Aberg scored early. McDavid scored later in the first. Muzzin tied at 28 seconds later. In the second period, McDavid made it 3-1. Carter scored at 6-19. No scoring the rest of the way. The Oilers had two power plays. Well, one started late in the second period, but basically two power plays in the third because yep. there was a penalty with nine seconds left in the second period. Nate Thompson, breakaway, Leon Dreisaitl, I'm sure uh, a pass he'll uh, think twice about uh, again, but Talbot 
his most important save of the night. Yeah, I mean, Nate Thompson, student of the game, he realizes, well, Connor McDavid's on the ice. They're going to try and put the puck to him as as much as they can, and he, he just read the play. He read that Leon was going to try and go across ice. Leon standing still is not a good way to make a pass, and Leon understands that, and he knows that. He made a mistake, and it'll get better. He'll get better because of it, but a huge save at a huge moment. I think that's the one thing that the Oilers missed at the beginning of the season when they put their, themselves in the hole that they're in. They, they weren't getting the big save at the right moment. And it wasn't as though there were all these bad goals going in. or I mean, Talbot was just muffing shots coming in at him. But it was the big save at the right time they weren't getting. And tonight, shorthanded goal, that, that could have been a huge deflator for the Edmonton Oilers going forward. But they got the save. And from then on, they just shut the door. And, I mean, that was one of only four shots in the period. And that was one that they gave the, the L.A. Kings. And the Kings could only earn three more shots the rest of the game. Oilers win 3-2. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. We'll start off the calls tonight with Logan. Hey, Logan, thanks for calling. Hey, hey Reid. Hey, Rob. Um, a very beaten, a very beat-fast game tonight. Would you, th- would you think the Oilers were in the playoff race Hats off to Cam Talbot, kept him in the game. Do you have a comment on that? Well, this would have been a lot more fun if, <laughs> if it was uh, clinching a playoff spot by beating L.A. like they did uh, about a year ago. I, I mean, I think there's there's two there's two ways to talk about this. The, the bigger picture is the season's been a disappointment. The pressure is off. So... Beating LA three-two tonight, or, or losing three-two, and the difference between seventy-one or seventy-three points, big picture, unfortunately, um, you know, isn't overly significant. Um, small picture, the players still want to win, mm-hmm. and I and I think for some guys, I, I won't say everybody, because we don't know what's going to carry over to next season and and what can happen over the summer. I do think for some guys it's important to play well. Raddy's one of them. We know that yep. story. We've talked about that. And and I talked I had you know Kelly Rudy on, on my show earlier this week, Rob, and I asked him about Talbot and Kelly said it, it, it does mean something for Talbot because a goaltender doesn't want to have to sit over an entire summer and say, My God, I, I seven months of a season and I and I never really helped my team. Well, it, it, but it, I mean, that's Kelly talking and he's a goaltender. I'm going to talk from the other side. As a player, all players feel the same way too. I mean, in Milan, Lucic, I, I guarantee you, over the last, what, do they have seven games left now? Seven games seven, left. Seven games left that he needs a few goals to go in just so he can feel good okay, about Okay, he'll himself. feel better, but I guess I'm asking, does that guarantee or well, make you feel it, better about a better start next year? No, but year? it's not guaranteed. Talbot could be outstanding the rest of the year. It doesn't mean he's going to be great at the beginning of next year because last year Talbot was outstanding the whole year and had a terrible start. So it, it doesn't carry over, but I tell you, it will in your your summer, you'll have a, a much better sleep. So you'll have much better workouts. You'll have uh, a, a much better time. Uh, when you get back onto the ice because you feel good about how it went the year before. Uh, there will be, there's always, hockey players is, in all athletes, confidence is everything. And you can watch in any sport, and any athlete will ever tell you when he's feeling good, things go well on the ice. When he's, there's some self-doubt, he struggles. Well, uh, 
players that have been around for a while, like a Milan Lucic, he goes into the summer with self-doubt. That will carry into next year's training camp. I mean, he'll come out, he'll say the right things, he'll, he'll say, yeah, I've had a good summer, I worked out hard. But, there, but until he scores a goal at the beginning of next year, there's going to be self-doubt. And there's going to have to worry about answering questions again. So you want to go into the summer feeling good about yourself, feeling good about your game. And it doesn't matter if it's Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisett or Cam Talbot or Kajula or Benning or any of these players. You want to feel good about yourself and what you did the end of the season. And for some of the players, it has a little more meaning because Milan Lucic might not score the rest of the year. He's still going to be here next year making $6 million and he's going to hopefully be a big part of the team going forward. But guys like a Kajula, a Slepeshev, a Raddy, these guys, the end of the season means more because it means whether or not, not whether where they're going to play on the team next year, it's whether they're even going to be with the team next year. Yep. And these are decisions going forward. So the coaching staff and Peter Shirelli and the whole management team is watching what these players are doing down the stretch. Now, they are taking everything with a grain of salt because this is... Uh, well, the holes, less, the holes in the roster yes. haven't disappeared. No. Right. But, and, and the, the, this, the games, as well as they can play, there's also realizing that there's a lot less stress on the team right now because they're not playing for anything. So they will take that into account. But they want to see how these players finish the season and then decide, okay, this, if I go forward, this is what I saw Kajula do at the end of the year. This is who's available. Is it better than what we saw at Kajula? Hmm, I don't know if it is or not, so we bring Kajula back. Whereas if Kajula was to struggle the rest of the year or Slep was or, or, or Raddy to the next seven games does not do what he's done in the last five, you're going to say, well, you know what, this is what we've got with him. This guy over here is better. Let's go get this guy instead. Oilers win 3-2 over the Los Angeles Kings, so Booster Juice is making a $75 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world, giving $25 for every Oilers goal throughout the season, and it's now up to $5,375. It's 11-11. Tony is on the line. Tony, thank you very much for calling. Hey, boys. How you guys doing tonight? Good. So I have a couple comments, and the, the one comment is I'm impressed on how good this righty guy is because I did watch him a little bit when he was playing for Portland, and I was kind of skeptical on him because, you know, he's kind of like uh, Yamamoto in a way. He's not the biggest boy, but I am impressed with how good he's playing with McDavid and, uh, the, and Nuge. Um, I just can't believe the fact that this kid – comes up from the AHL where he's doing okay but not exactly you know the greatest and yet he comes on to, it comes on to the top line and performs like he's a, like he's one of the top guys on the team and the second one is um, yeah right like right like I think he's won the scoring title I think he's already done it I don't think you really have much of a you know debate about that. But how many points do you think he's going to end up with? Because there's, what, seven games left? How many points do you guys think he's going to get? Oh, yeah. Well, it, it, I mean, a lot depends on if he, if he stays healthy and everything goes right for him going forward. I, I mean, the way he's playing right now, I, I mean, you can't discount two points a game, 14 more points, which would give him, what, 111? What's he at right now? 96. So 110 points it would give him. So, uh I think conservative, I think he's going to ha- end up with 106 points. Conservatively, he's going to have 106. So if anyone wants to beat him for the scoring title, I think they're going to need 107 points. Yeah, he's he's on an incredible tear. I mean, I mentioned that uh, the stretch over the last 26 games, 23 goals, 42 points. I mean, he's almost a goal a game I know. over 
well, a stretch that's over a quarter of the season. I mean, and he's he's done that against some pretty good teams. They do have three games. Well, they got Vancouver some, twice. twice. Vancouver's and, out of and it. Calgary. Calgary's now out of it. So those are t- and and not neither none of them. I mean, not playing well, giving up goals. I mean, the Calgary Flames are just leaking goals against right now. Uh, yeah, I I'm going to say 106 points is the. I'd say that would be your over-under if you're doing Vegas odds. I think I have to double-check. I know Brendan Ulrich is somewhere. I think it's back at, at the studio, though, at, at 630 Chad. He has all the preseason predictions that he, Jack, Bob, and I did oh, yeah? at the beginning of the season. I think I said 108 for Connor. So I hate being one of the guys that changes no, my predictions. No, you can't change. you got to so stay the same. So I'll say I said 108 before the season, so I'll just stick with that. It's possible. I mean, that's 12 points in seven games. So that, that might be light, the way he's playing <laughs> right now. It might be light. He sees everything he's touching. It turns into a scoring chance. Thanks a lot for calling, Tony. 780-496-0063. The Oilers edge the Kings 3-2. McDavid scores twice. He passes Kucherov by a point for the NHL scoring lead. Back to the phone lines in a second here, but right now to the Kings dressing room for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Here's their head coach, John Stevens. Keeping your plan from behind, you expend a lot more energy. So I thought the goal to get us to 2-1 was big. Um, focus was trying to win the second period, tie the second period, give ourselves a chance in the hockey game. But the top guys got taxed an awful lot again tonight. I think um, we, just, we just need more for more. I think there's uh, guys in the middle and the bottom of our lineup can just a little more push there, can make a difference. But uh, you, know, you don't you don't want to chase a hockey game uh, regardless of where you're playing, especially on the road. Tough trip. Uh, you guys came away with points on this trip. And it, it was a taxing trip as well. You had a back-to-back as well. Uh, you know, I, I don't think anyone's looking for excuses, but was there an element of just being on the road for a week and a team mentally, physically, really feeling the grind at the end of this one? Well, I thought we did a lot of good things tonight. So, I mean, we're not going to use the schedule or fatigue as an excuse, and these guys are well-trained. It, it is a tough trip, and we got points that we that we really need to stay in the, in the battle here. Uh, but there is no room for errors. There's too many teams that are edging along for spots in the playoffs. So uh, we'll get our rest on the days we need to rest, and we'll need to be ready to go when it's time to go. But tough trip, and, you know, it doesn't end here. We play Calgary in a day from now. So, you know, we got to get out the door, get on, uh, get home, get some rest, and, and get ready for a big game at home against Calgary. John, uh, the first one, you thought icing was your contention there when you 100%. Yeah, we know Lines, but the one guy's had it icing, the other guy waved it off, and mm-hmm. I think Dion going back for the puck had let up a little bit, but at the end of the day, you play hockey, right? You don't get the whistle, you play it out. It's unfortunate, I think the you know, the puck squirted out to Auberg right as quick, he looked the other way, we had a guy within the proximity there. I th- we could have done more to prevent the goal outside of what call was made on the ice. Uh, I think he really did. Uh, we just got to have a, a sense of urgency early in the hockey game. You get down two like that, it's tough. Uh, and again, you, you tax your team um, a lot of energy trying to play catch-up hockey. As you get closer to the end here, is it becoming more clear how, how valuable these points are, especially in the You know, we talk all year long. Uh, game one's important right down to the end. You know, it's not as if you're fighting with one team. There's an awful lot of teams that are trying to get in. A lot of teams in the Central are t- trying to get in and are knocking on the door. So you can go from third place to out of a playoff spot in a hurry. Uh, so we just take every game like it's a playoff game, and two, it's a must-two points. So we wanted that two points tonight, didn't get it. Now we'll focus on Calgary. All right, that is John Stevens and... Yeah, a massive change in the standings for the Kings. They go from third in the Pacific Division to out of the playoffs, even though 
They have 89 points, same as St. Louis and Anaheim, and they're one behind Colorado. I know I'm mixing the division and wildcard races there. But the funny thing in all of that is Anaheim went from out of the playoffs to in the playoffs, because, and Anaheim right. didn't play today. Because of a game in <laughs> yeah, hand. Yeah, but they so didn't That's play. the first tiebreaker. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of funny, though. They're like, yeah, you didn't even play today, but we're back in the playoffs, guys. Good job. So you got uh, Anaheim with 89, third in the Pacific. The wild card teams are Colorado and St. Louis with 90 and 89, respectively. And then L.A. has 89. And they're out behind St. Louis because they've played one extra game. So the, the first tiebreaker at this time of year is games played. Yes. If one team has fewer games and the same number of points, they, mm-hmm. they automatically get the advantage. And then it's goal differential and regulation and overtime. Well, regulation and overtime wins well, and, and, and other stuff. And, and the, this is what you want at the, the end of the season. You want every time a team plays and wins, they move up in the standings. And every time a team loses, they move down in the standings. And uh, it's going to be a fun race here in the Western Conference from for, for those four teams trying to, to find three spots. So uh, exciting. And tomorrow night, uh, the one thing you, you don't like at the end of the year when you're on a team that's not in the playoffs, so you're watching a team that's not in a playoff spot. You don't like watching, you know, the the, the Edmonton Vancouver games, but you love watching when the LAs and the Anaheims have come through because it's a playoff atmosphere for for LA. It's a playoff atmosphere tomorrow night for Anaheim. So I look forward to see what Anaheim brings tomorrow night, and they feel that they can uh, build off an LA loss in Edmonton if they can come in and beat the Edmonton Oilers. And now the Oilers have got a chance to knock off another Southern. California team and feel good about themselves going forward in the remainder seven games they have this season. All right, the Oilers win it. 3-2 tonight over the Los Angeles Kings. Our fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Rob, I put this out to a vote Mm -hmm. on my Twitter account tonight. Okay. Still 15 minutes left in the voting, but Who's I think winning? we can call it. Just call like they call it? elections call it. Oh, early. Oh, don't call it early. Sometimes no, you get in early. trouble. We're calling it early. All right, CNN calls. With 50% of the vote, Adam Larson. Hey, that's who I was going to vote for. Cam Talbot at 37%, Darnell Nurse at 13%. Yeah, all three very worthy eff- efforts tonight for, for the Edmonton Oilers. 780-496-0063. We have Corland standing by. Hi, Corland. Go ahead. Hey, I was just... I was just wondering if, uh, what do you guys think? Are we going to see some new looks on the power play that's been so bad this year? Like immediately or next year? Well, throughout the end of the season with no playoff hopes happening. Well, well they, they did do something a little different today. Well, yeah, Aberg tonight was on, on the power play for the first time on the first unit that we've seen him. Uh, Ryan Strom was moved to the second. Uh, and the, the thing that... I saw on the power play today that the, the Oilers, had, Oilers had two really good chances, and they came off a one-timer from Bear. Big rebound comes out. Aberg comes in and, and, and blasts the rebound just wide, and then the Oilers got away from that. To me, I mean, they've got an asset in the back in Ethan Bear, and if he gets the puck on net, havoc ensues in front of the net, and you can make plays after you pick up the rebound. The Oilers had two shots on net, and then they got away from that. So, uh, to me, I, I you've got Ethan Bear, and you've got a big shot. Take full advantage of it, and then see where that leads to. So, the one thing you're going to see different, and we saw it tonight, and I imagine we'll see it going forward, because I thought Aberg had a good game tonight. I'm sure that you're going to see him on the power play again tomorrow night. And do you think we're going to see Pooley-Arvey maybe in that one-time shooting spot? Uh, I don't think you'll see him on the, the first unit. He is right now on the second unit. 
But I, I think right now they like Aberg there. I think he sh- Aberg had a good game five on five as well. And I think what you're seeing with Todd McClellan is he's now and has been most of the time. Guys that play good five on five, they get some sugar time. And Aberg's played well five on five, so he's getting that. And Pugliarvi, who was okay tonight. Uh, I don't know if he's outplayed Aberg to get onto that first unit or not. And I, I, Aberg, I, I, I don't know. From what we've seen, he's not afraid to shoot, and that's what they need on that unit. Um, I'd love to see what kind of one-timer he has. Uh, we didn't get to see that tonight. Yeah. I think Pugliarvi, hopefully, at some point next year, works his way. Well, I mean, he gets on the second power play yep. unit sometimes. But, yeah, it's interesting with Pugliarvi, and, and I've even said myself a lot Rob, that just just put him on the McDavid line, see what he can do. But I, I think what the coaches are doing is you're right. There's not a total trust five on five, so he doesn't always get rewarded. And I was I was thinking the other day, if Milan Lucic plays on one of the top two lines and gets one, I don't even know what he's up to now. I've stopped keeping track. I think it's one in thirty-seven and gets a somewhere goal. around there, now. Yeah. Now he's now he's on the third line the last yeah. four or five games. But if he goes 20, 25 games without a goal then the coaches are going to look at him and say, suck it up, Milan. You're 29 years old. You've played 800 games in the league. You're getting $6 billion. We expect you to handle it and come through. If Yessi Pugliarvi gets first-line time and goes 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 10 games without a goal early in his career and he starts you know, getting criticized or having his game picked apart, I don't know if they want to subject him to that yet. Well, and it's as we've seen, it's not easy playing in Edmonton when things go wrong for you. I mean, it, it's hard to hide. Uh, Milan Lucic can't hide anywhere right now with the, the, the streak that's going on with him. And it, it's much easier when you're a 10-year vet uh, to handle things. And still not easy. But yeah, easier. It's not easy, but you're expected it, to... Well, expected, but it's still... You, you'll, you'll have more to think back on to, to get you through it whereas a young kid all of a sudden what's wrong What's wrong with Pugliarvi? He's playing with McDavid he's gone 12 games without a goal it's much harder for a kid like that to rebound again confidence is everything in any sport that you play and when you have it you feel great and things go well for you when you don't have it, uh, it it's a struggle sometimes stepping on the ice but but absolutely I, I, at some point you know, Pugliarvi is going to have to be in that position on the power play. I, Will we well, see it over the final seven games? I don't know. I don't say. I don't know if he. Ha- I don't know if he has to. I mean, what have we seen that shows that he does deserves it or he can? Well, do it? not a lot, but I, I just think where he was drafted, some little sparks of offense. Well, Neil, Yak- well, Neil Yakupov was drafted first overall, absolutely, and never and he, got and he got looks there. He could never could, one time the puck. No, and, and wasn't capable of playing. So. But I but I just think the the way the roster is right now, I, I think Pugliarvi eventually should be an option there ahead of some other guys. Oh, okay, ahead of yeah, certainly against right. ahead of some other guys. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's not as if you're saying well. Hey, you're. Uh, I'm you not. Know, I'm not giving hey, up on him. Hey, no, but hey, kid, you can make, you can shoot a lot of three pointers, but you're trying to make the Golden State Warriors. I mean, it's not yeah. exactly that situation. I and it's, yeah. I mean, it's, yes, it's not murderers row right now, like the New right. York Yankees used to have. Yeah, I understand that too. Hey, look uh, at that. Look at us throwing a couple other sports things out there without even Jack Michaels here to help us. And on the advantage trailer rentals out of town scoreboard, women's world curling championship today. Canada wins the semifinal nine seven over the United States. Sweden next for gold. Does Does Jennifer? Well, I, I don't. Actually, I was going to say somebody. I don't want to hex her now. But seriously, does Jennifer Jones ever miss a big shot? Well, she has not lost the game this week, so yeah. that's good. She's been unbelievable. We watched the end of it here in the booth, and uh, she had last shot. She had to knock out a U.S. rock to win the match, and she did. And now she has last rock tomorrow in the finals. And Oh, actually, or, oh, I don't know if she does now. 
Does she do it because she was, went 12 and 0? Is that I, the way I think they do the, it? I think the first place team should get last draw to start. So. Well, if it does it, we're going to write in and complain. Just a uh, side note here, because the United States had to play a quarterfinal earlier in the day to get to the semi. They beat South Korea 10-3, so whatever. Rob and I saw the scores, no big deal. And then I, I look up the line scores. It was 3-3 after eight ends, and the U.S. got seven in the ninth. Well, I mean, what you happened? You can't if, get more than eight. What happened to their other stone? She uh, just on the outside. <laughs> it was just out. Yeah, I don't know if that would be a that would be a tough end right there for the Koreans. We're in it. Oh, we lost by seven. <laughs> in the NHL, the Avalanche edge, the Golden Knights 2-1 in a shootout. Sharks down the Flames 5-1. The Maple Leafs come from behind in the third to beat the Red Wings 4-3. Capitals knock off the Canadians 6-4. Hurricanes win 5-2 in Ottawa. Panthers an important win 4-2 over the Coyotes. They got four goals in the third. The Devils beat the Lightning 2-1. So the Devils three points ahead of the Panthers for the last playoff spot. The Panthers, who are playing well, do have two games in hand. That's going to be a fun race. Chicago over the Islanders 3-1. Tough, tough finish for the New York Islanders here. You wonder if Dougie Waits back in the Island next year. I mean, it has been a terrible finish to the season, and they have not learned how to play defense all year long. No, and Edmonton actually uh, passed the Islanders tonight, 73 points to 72. Blues over the Blue Jackets, 2-1. Blues have won five straight. The Blue Jackets' 10-game winning streak is over. And the Wild beat the Predators 4-1. Well, in the Minnesota Wild, for the longest time, they were a team that you didn't really have to think about because they were automatically in the playoffs, but they had a little bit of a hiccup, and the Colorado Avalanche went on a bit of a run, so they're only two points up. Or did that move them four up now on Colorado? Yeah, that gives the Wild 92 and the Colorado 90. Yeah, just two points up on the Colorado Avalanche. uh, With a game in hand, so it keeps Minnesota in in, uh, third place. Yeah, so again, uh, actually there might be five teams then fighting for a playoff spot for... In the Western Yeah, Minnesota's Conference. not safe, nope. but they're... A little safer. A little safer than some of the other teams. It's That's, always nicer to sit above looking down on the other teams behind you. Right. You can... I mean, they can lose a game and have other teams win a game and still be in a playoff spot. Whereas the LA Kings luxury. lost a game today and the other team didn't even have to play and move and, past and them. And LA dropped out. That's yeah. the advantage trailer rentals out of town scoreboard. Oilers beat the Kings 3-2. Connor McDavid, two goals. You'll hear from him in a couple of minutes. We're looking for somebody to finish the play. Oh, we have somebody to finish the play when we get back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chair. to try on a cross ice, picked off. Nate Thompson, shorthanded to tie the game. Rister denied. Glove save, Cam Talbot. There's Talbot with a save on a shorthanded breakaway by Nate Thompson in the third, preserving an Oilers 3-2 lead. They would win the game 3-2. That save of the game for Arcan Trailer and RV Center, Alberta's favorite RD, RV dealership, now carrying motorhomes. Talbot, pretty good stretch here going back uh, after he had that 7-5 loss to the Florida Panthers. He's been pretty good since then. This is his 29th win of the year, 29-27-2. and two. He's uh, one save better than Jonathan Quick tonight. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, high above the ice surface at Rogers Place. It is 1133 780-496-0063 is our phone number. We have David standing by. David, thank you for calling. Hi. Hello. Hey, uh, that, that breakaway save that you just said, that was that was short that was uh shorthanded. We were on the power play at the start of the third period and we didn't even get a shot. Yep, you're uh, absolutely right. It was tough to listen to. Really tough, but I'm glad they pulled it out. It's hard to be critical when we win, but you know, 
a shot on the power play at, when they have fresh legs at the start of a period would be nice. No, the the power play for well almost the entire season has has not been what it needed to be, and there's been many times where the Oilers had they scored a power play goal in the game would have changed the complexion of the game. Tonight was a game where if they score at the start of the third period or on their second power play unit, their second power play they could have extended a lead and made it two goals in the third period, and then you wouldn't have had that hectic last 30 seconds that the LA Kings had. So the Oilers' power play has not been anywhere near where it needs to be or where it was expected to be. And it's still a work in progress. Oilers' uh, worst power play in the league coming in tonight. Kings' best penalty kill. So, David, unfortunately, an unpredictable or a very predictable result given uh, how the teams had performed to this season. Are you ready to finish the play, buddy? I'm ready. All right. We want to give you an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set. You park. Jet Set parking, one-night stays, or long-term parking. Find your perfect match from five fifty a day at jetsetparking.com with promo code CHED. Here we go. Edmonton up 3-2. Lewis to center and bumped in by Nate. Thompson took a huge hit from Benning. Caught him with an elbow right in the chops. All right. Benning led the Oilers with five hits tonight. But, David, can you tell us which Oilers defenseman leads the team in hits for the season? Benning. Mm, Or or, he's got a number between five and seven. And he's... Oh, I know. Larson. Yes, absolutely. Larson, hang on the line, David. You win. Finish the play. Well done. That was a good guess by him. Well, Benning likes to hit. But actually, Benning's the best open. He's the best open ice hitter. They have but the Larson team, yeah. gets credit for more because well, he just Larson erases just guys. munches people. Yeah. And I said to you at another time, we were sitting there, he, he reminds me of Darian Hatcher. When Darian Hatcher would go into a corner, players would become invisible because he would just smudge them against the board and you couldn't see the player as he just wilted down the boards. And that's the way Larson plays. He goes in. When you play against Adam Larson, at the end of the night, you remember playing against Adam Larson. Every shift he plays as though it's his last one. And uh, since he's come back and started playing regular again, he's been very, very yeah, good he, for the he, Edmonton He's Oilers. looked like how he looked last year. Yeah. I think he was a little banged up earlier in the season. Obviously, unfortunately, he had to deal with his father's passing. He's been playing very, very solid for sure. Connor McDavid. Well, solid would be an understatement when it comes to his play. Two more goals tonight. 38 on the season on the verge of becoming the first Oiler since Peter Klima in 1991 to get 40. He also takes over the scoring lead. McDavid's postgame for GCL Diesel. For genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL in the West End or online at gcldiesel.com. For you, 26 games, 21 of them five on five. You just become much more prolific as a goal scorer. Any idea why? Yeah, I don't really know what it is. Um, you know, just to maybe a little bit of luck. Uh, teams are playing better. All of it kind of goes into it. So, uh, you know, the team is, is playing well. Uh, you know, individual success happens. You kind of look like the scoring race means something to you. I mean, just how do you feel about trying to win this thing? Another question. Um, you know what? Honestly, I'm just going to. Put repeat on, and it's it's important to to come down the stretch solid as a team, and and uh, you know individually, I think guys want to feel good about themselves heading into the summer, and um, and build a little bit of steam uh, into next year. Let's talk about how you guys are able to close out the third there against a desperate team. You're expecting a push, but you guys are able to lock them down for the most part. Yeah, I mean the two power plays help. Uh, you know, puts them on their heels for four minutes, and uh, Talbot was great again. Uh, I thought our D played well as uh, as, a, as a whole, and I thought. Uh, you know, we could have been a little bit more solid with uh, the, the goaltender pulled, but 
Oh, again, Tal was bailed us out. Your second goal there on, on quick. Uh, were you thinking five ball all the way, just a quick release? Uh, I'm just trying to get it on net, honestly. Um, you know, he's such a good goaltender, and, and, and uh, we're just trying to hit the net. Maybe surprise him a little bit. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. So you don't look at the scoring race every day like the media people do? <laughs> I mean, guys, we, we, pay, <laughs> we pay attention to it. I mean, guys that are in the race, uh, I'm sure, are paying attention to it. Uh, uh, you know, I think... You know, we're so far along in the year now, and, and everyone's come so far that, you know, you may as well put your best foot forward and, and, and go for it. Why, why did you shave your beard off? <laughs> I don't know. It's getting long, getting uh, a little bit gross, so uh, you know, I definitely need to work on uh, on my beard. It's uh, it's not the best. <laughs> Did you have any answer? Last year, power play was great. It was actually really good for the first 20 games and 21%, and it's just for the last 50, almost 60 games, it hasn't gone. What's what's changed? Yeah, you know, I, I wish I could tell you. Um, you know, we have uh, the personnel to, to be a good power play, and we showed it last year. We showed it earlier in the year as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's frustrating when we go out there and we don't have uh, – you know the, the success we're looking for, and we're giving up chances. And you know it's not good. It's 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 actually hurting us and, and not building momentum. So um, you know we'll definitely have to sit back and, and and look at it and regroup. And um, yeah. All right, that's Connor McDavid, Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers dressing room today. You could hear McDavid's big sigh when he was being <laughs> asked about the power play. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I mean, there, we had a question about it earlier. It's just over 14% for the season last in the NHL doesn't get a lot of timely goals could have extended the lead tonight I'll hand it to Ethan Bear and he had some struggles in his own end tonight and and that's to be expected and I I don't think he's going to start next year on the team someday he might be the Oilers power play guy Mm -hmm. but at least he shoots the puck a couple times today got the puck down there, Aberg had that one chance on the rebound, he got another one through that got deflected wide, I mean at least and it's not a big Okay, I gotta wind up so that my stick is, you know, getting looking like a UFO flying overboard. Sometimes it's just a half slapper, and he just he just feeds it through. Well, Ethan Bear isn't being put on the power play and, and learning how to play the power play now in the National Hockey League. He's been a power play guy his whole life, and he's run power plays. The, the 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 coaching staff has put together power play using the assets that he has and his his shot is one of those big assets. And the thing that he has that is a benefit for the Oilers is he's a right handed shot. So the way that McDavid and Drysettle set up and where they set up, it's an easy pass for a one timer. And the Oilers haven't had that. Uh, for a while here in Edmonton and uh, I think they need to take advantage of it more and they created a couple great scoring chances off it tonight off the shot then they didn't go back up there again Um, uh, it was funny listening to to Connor with the sigh when they asked the question and and it's and I can understand his sigh because if he knew the answer to why how to make the power play better, well, it wouldn't be game 76 and the power right. play still struggles. That's right. Connor's a pretty smart guy and a pretty talented player. He would have probably implemented whatever he knew could make it better. So uh, I can see the frustration getting asked the question. Uh, their power play, if this Oiler team wants to get back to where they were last year in the playoffs, their specialty teams have to be better next season. Their penalty killing has been a, a lot better as of late. Well, and why are they 11-6-1 in their last 18? Because of goaltending and, and penalty, and penalty killing. killing. leading the way. Now, yeah, the power play in that, what are they What are they in 11-6 in the last 17? If their power play is where it should be, and you keep the other stuff, they're probably 
uh, you know, 13 and four or something along that line because their power play could have won them a couple other hockey games through this little stretch. So uh, I, I, I would imagine their power play will be better. They, I mean, you've got Connor McDavid. There's no way you're not going to be better than dead last the following season after a bad year so but they've got work to do on it and they may have to add some pieces to that power play to make it to to the place that, or to get it to the place that they needed to get Oilers win 3-2 over the Kings tonight don't forget whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game like they did in their previous two outings we turn on the Japanese Village goal light on the Oilers page on 630ched.com which allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village three locations in Edmonton downtown south side and North side. Anze Kopitar has been outstanding for the Kings lately. You will hear from him. Oilers take it 3-2. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 11:46. It's a third consecutive win for the Edmonton Oilers. 3-2 over the Los Angeles Kings tonight. Aber got his fourth. McDavid got two, now up to 38 on the season. Muzzin got his eighth. Carter his ninth for the LA Kings. The Oilers never trailed. They scored 45 seconds into the game. A little bit of a turnaround. The Oilers scored on their first shot tonight. Adam Larson got an assist this evening, his 100th NHL point. Cam Talbot, 27 saves for the win. Let's go down to the Kings dressing room for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Here's Anze Kopitar. Was that a case of you guys running out of time? Yeah, I mean, it certainly seemed that way, but, you know, the game's played 60 minutes, not just the third period, so... uh, Put ourselves behind the eight ball in the first two, and you know, we're chasing the game. We came close, but it wasn't good enough. Yeah, what had to happen at the end there? I think the puck wound up between Larson's knees or something like that. And um, that was a little flurry. To be quite honest, I I don't really know. I mean, I uh, I got the puck and then I just spinned around and I figured Brownie's going to be there and threw it there. And after that, I don't know what happened really. How are you guys feeling? Because time's running out. And points are so uh, precious right now. Yeah, we're feeling good. We're we're in a position where we can control our own destiny, and that's all we want. Appreciate it. Thanks. Scott Johnson working the Kings dressing room tonight. Kopitar had a four-goal game the other night against Colorado. Does not uh, score tonight. Actually doesn't hit the uh, score sheet. But final flurry at the end. The, the Oilers uh, failed clear at the point. Goes cross-ice to Kopitar. He fires it in front. And yeah, Larson just kind of tied up Brown just a bit. And then like you said, basically almost sat on the puck and it finally slid wide. Though I think by that time time had run out anyway. Well, it was a nice play by Kopitar. He, he got it to the area he wanted and uh, Dustin Brown was probably three inches too far forward as because he tried one-timing the puck and it just went underneath the, the toe of his stick and when he tried to get the second chance that's when Larson went on to the puck and just in a desperation move said alright, I'm a big body, find the puck underneath me. Uh, uh, Kopitar he had his hands full tonight, he was going head-to-head against Connor McDavid and there were a couple shifts that the Kopitar line was very good but he's defending a lot and uh, as we all see up how good Connor McDavid is and, and, and feel that he's MVP type of player. The LA Kings have an MVP 
candidate in, in Anzi Kopitar, who's been all-world for this team. A great bounce back for Kopitar after a subpar season last year. And they've been riding the back of him for quite a while because they had to do most of this season without Carter in their lineup as he was injured very, very early. So Kopitar has been carrying the both offensive and defensive loads for this team. The Oilers had that offensive zone face-off on the power play with nine seconds left in the second period, and mm -hmm. Aber got a shot there in front. Yep. And actually, if time hadn't expired, McDavid probably would have flipped that rebound in because he had quick down. When it's late in the period like that, is the bench yelling the time remaining? And, you know, Gretzky said he could count down the last 30 seconds in his head. We're going to assume most players are, well, aren't quite... No, most, most players can do it. Most players will know. In your head, you'll, you'll, count, it you'll, you'll head. count it down, or in, not so much count it down, you understand how long you have, because you know how long everything takes, so you know how much time you have. Having said that, players will be yelling from the bench and on the ice. Right, they will be, be like letting five, you know. three or Yeah, so, so if, if it's in front of the, the defenseman, we'll be looking up, and they'll be able to see a clock, and they'll be saying, guys on the bench will be yelling, shoot. Having said all of that, you normally <laughs> don't hear anything anyways. So... <laughs> <laughs> so you just are doing, but a player, his internal clock will tell him how much time he has. Like if someone gets the puck at his own blue line, he'll look up, if it's late in a period, he'll look up, see how much time he has. And he, you don't count in your head, but you know as you're skating down there when you have to get the puck off your stick. And it's interesting, too, because there's game, they're shut off now, right? But there's time remaining clocks mm -hmm. in, in either end zone. And players, and a lot of players say that when they go into a new rink. They'll be, you, know, you, you hear quarterbacks say mm -hmm. that in the CFL and NFL. Where's the, where's the play clock for the 42nd or the 22nd? Well, or any little thing like that. So they, little tips that I learned when I was in junior. Uh, the veterans on the team, uh, when you're skiing back, and I was a defenseman when I first started playing junior, when you're skiing back in your own zone to get the puck, look in the, the glass, see where the guy is. So as you're skating back, you're looking in the glass and you're seeing, okay, how much time do I have? When you're in the corner uh, and you're fighting for a puck, uh, look to see the color socks. So you know who you're fighting with. You know, okay, where's the bodies? Okay, I got red socks here, red socks here. Okay, the place to put the puck is this place because there's no red socks there anymore. See the little things that you pick up as you get as you get older, as you become a veteran in, in, in the sport. And right there, the one thing is with time, your internal clock will let you know how much time you have to be able to... Uh, adjust and get the puck off at the right time. Oilers win at 3-2. Sheldon a winner on face-off trivia. He knew that Duncan Siemens was the third player taken in the 08 WHL Bantam draft. We asked that because the first player was Nugent Hopkins. Oh, and the second player was Raddy. Oh, how did Siemens do? Was he as good? No, he's not as good. But he's played in the NHL. Yes, he has. So Sheldon gets a $50 gift card to Bubbles, brought to you by Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. The winning goaltender tonight, Cam Talbot. Here he is. Kind of running out of ways to ask you about Connor McDavid, but another big name for him. And he takes over that lead in the scoring race midway through the game. What's your thoughts on his performance? Just doing what he does best. Just, you know, putting the team on his back and... And uh, getting the big goals whenever we need them. So, I mean, you can't say enough about uh, his players of late. But, um, you know, it takes a team effort to beat a team like that. They're a desperate team right now. And I thought that up and down our lineup, we had a lot of big efforts tonight. So, uh, Connor obviously took over on the score sheet. But we had a big, a lot of big uh, efforts out there tonight. Did you like the way the team played in the third one goal game? Yeah, I mean, we only gave up uh, a couple of chances there at the beginning of the third, and then we locked it down after that. Um, that's another 
Uh, reason why I say we had a lot of big efforts tonight, we didn't give their uh, their top guys a whole lot of chances tonight. And, uh, you know, after uh, we gave those up, made a couple of big saves, and then we settled down after that and did what we needed to do. Got pucks deep, got pucks out at our blue, and uh, really took care of the back check. So can't say enough about the team in front of me tonight. Thompson on the breakaway. Yeah, I just... I just going glove off and see the... Yeah, I just once on the glove, so he again. Yeah, I just tried to stay patient and uh, make him make his shot or deke, and uh, just read it, read it right, and, and again made a made a big save when we needed it timely at the beginning of the period, and gave our guys a chance to, to close it out. Pretty big play there by uh, Larson at the end to tie up Brown. Bit of a game saver. Yeah, huge play. Um, I was expecting Kopitar to kind of sling it to the net and just create something, but he, obviously he's a, a very skilled player, and he saw uh, Brown in, in front, and uh, Lars did the right thing, took away the backdoor option, gave me Kopitar, and uh, obviously everything worked out from there. Reed, that's going to tell it. All right, thank you, Brendan. Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers dressing room. So Talbot, 27 saves. The Oilers win 3-2 over the Los Angeles Kings. These two teams split their four-game season series, each going 1-1 one and one in the other team's buildings. So the Oilers, another home game coming up tomorrow, facing the Anaheim Ducks, who are already in Edmonton. They, uh, I, I know one of the uh, Ducks media guys tweeted out last night, Ducks and Kings staying in the same Edmonton home hotel. So the Ducks with the, uh, I guess, a little bit of advantage of a day off today coming in to face the Oilers tomorrow. You know what's funny? If the Ducks play tomorrow and they lose, they fall out of the playoff spot and the L.A. Kings jump over That's them right. without even playing. It's just a quirk in the way that things are going right now. Uh, I would imagine Anaheim's going to come in and, and try to bully like they have in the past. Uh, an important game for them. The Edmontonians, if they play along the same way as they played tonight, they have a good chance of winning the hockey game. They got good goaltending. Uh, their top line was very good, and when they had the lead, they shut down the opposition in the third period. That was huge. And we'll see if Connor McDavid can extend now his lead atop the scoring race. Two goals tonight, 38 on the season. Passes Kucherov a point ahead for the uh, for the Art Ross. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening, and also to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. Tomorrow's broadcast, 6 o'clock face-off show, puck drop at 7.30 here on 6.30 Jet. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers take it 3-2. Have a great night.